0: Welcome in to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Tuesday, November 30th for another episode, right before we kick off the conference season in this lone game tomorrow night. I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, here we are. We are one day away, like I said, from starting the conference season and doing it on the road. What's going on?
1: Yeah, it's uh, strange to get used to, this lone conference game, like you said, and yeah, it's um, we're excited, too, because it's always good to watch the in-conference in, in conference games going on because we know how great the Valley is.
0: Yeah, and we love going to Evansville, whether it's us going. We, talk, we talked about maybe going, but in our work, I don't know if we'd be able to make it in time. So we we'll probably won't go. It's always a fun go to the Ford Center. It's a, it's a good place to watch a game. And, yeah, I think going to this game, being on the road, um, will definitely be a test right away against a decent team. We will preview that game, and Evansville, along with what other uh, Valley teams are matching up in the coming days at the end. Uh, and we have Brennan Mullins was in the doghouse. We'll talk about that. And a And Former Saluki signing, another signing, and then some other stuff. So, no, let's kick off with the thing that we – John, I'm actually glad we waited a day because we actually got Brian's Monday – or it's not Monday. Usually it would be a Monday. It is for Nick Hill, but now Brian – I guess it's always going to be the day before a game, his press conference. And we finally got that, Noah. Um, and again, it was kind of some questions in this that we we said that Nick Hill had to deal with that were kind of like laughable in a way. But Noah, he was asked, and we'll talk about first here the status, which is what we want want to know most, the status of Ben Harvey and Trent Brown. Yeah. Trent, yeah, Brown. I'm thinking of someone else, sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh, thankfully, uh, Todd's last press Press conference and he fin or he finally asked about injuries and two specific uh, didn't get one on Dalton Banks I would like to know what happened there but uh, I'm sure his toughness he'll be ready to go but yeah we're not sure um, Ben Harvey is still seeing specialists getting information of what's going on with his spleen so that one is still up in the air um, just looking at it I. I would doubt you wouldn't see him till at least conference play at the earliest probably, if at all, this year. Then uh, he said about Trent Brown, they st- neither of them has So he said about Trent Brown last week that he, he'd need a week of practice. So um, we still don't know when exactly we'll get him back, but I'm sure we'll get him back at some point.
0: Yeah, it's so unfortunate with Trent because you know we've heard about this now for a while. And obviously with Ben's status is obviously unfortunate as well. but Trent knowing that he's been close, it seems like at times like he almost played in, what the little rock game and then that and then harped on him again, and here we are. Um, yeah, he said with Trent, yeah, because he was asked if they'll be back this year, yeah. and he said Trent will be back. He is progressing, moving much better than he was a couple weeks ago. They just want to make sure it won't flare up again. And then, yeah, with Ben, no timetable. Uh, as you said, he's seeing specialists and his doctors and he can't give a fair evaluation. Um, so yeah. And the fact that they're not, or especially Trent isn't practicing. Um, but we will see him this year and, you know, we'll just have to keep going like we have been this whole time, which is unfortunate because that tests are bench, it tests our guard depth. And you're right. He didn't say anything about Dalton, which I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. With hurting his nose and not playing down the stress. Cause we're thinking he would, and who knows how the game would have turned out. Um, and all that stuff, so yeah, we're thinking Dalton will play tomorrow, so we'll see, obviously, uh, we'll see during the game what happens, and then, obviously, tweets beforehand, Um, so I think those were the biggest things of all Noah. but he had a, Brian had an opening statement, he mentioned how excited he is to start conference, he said, quote, it's early, so it's a bit different, Evansville is close to us, and a great program, we split with them last year, I think they're really playing really well right now, and it gets into how they had against Uh, Eastern Illinois, will say this again. He talked about, though, um, our last-minute defense that we had the other night. It wasn't really anything new. I knew what these guys are made of. It shows when when we want to play the way we need to play. We can play at a high level. It's now the consistency factor. It's the 40 minutes. It's the possession-by-possession basis. We've got to be that type of team from the start of the game, no matter who we play, whether it's Creighton, whether it's Alcorn, whether it's Evansville. We have to play one way, and it's a challenge to these guys. He was asked, Noah, like we said, whenever Nick Hill's asked about Nick Baker or Avante Cox, it's like, well, you know, if you've seen them play for however long or just any at all, you know what they can bring to the team. But he was asked about Lance again. He said he's doing a great job finishing the basketball. It's like he's flip-flopped a little bit from last year. He shot it extremely well. Last year, he struggled a bit to finish it, and he worked on that in the offseason. Right now, in terms of his finishing, getting his body in shape, I think he's more explosive this year, and he's a really good shooter. Obviously, he's not shooting the ball well from three right now, but those are going to drop. I think once he puts it all together, he's he's settling himself up, setting himself up for a great year. And then all we talked about, our defensive effort, which he did, and then we'll talk a little bit into when Evansville comes. So, yeah, some notable stuff he said. talked about some players specifically like Steven and then Marcus again. And Marcus's comfortability, like we've – been saying, cause he looked really comfortable on Friday and he hasn't really so far this year. So maybe that'll be the step in the right direction in terms of his dominance and being that all Valley first team player. Cause we know Lance is playing like it right now. So, um, and then quickly he added again, cause uh, what's his name? Siegel from WSAL asked him about the preparation and what goes in when you have a game on Wednesday and then Saturday, he says they watch, he will say they watch film and recap the game overall in the morning of the next day. And then talk about the game that night, and then on Fridays they usually have a real practice, uh, and then their game Saturday, and then they usually give Sundays off. So that's how that'll go uh, this weekend. So yeah, some good stuff from that. Noah, let's now let's mention his, or talk about his brother being on in the doghouse. How'd that go?
1: Yeah, he was on the doghouse, and uh, yeah, uh, Mike Murphy and uh, Paxton Guy uh, just asked him a couple questions. They were talking about uh, um, being able to come back uh what they asked him why why the slow start the other night and uh and he he said he, he, they didn't have it he didn't really have a good answer for him he said and he said there's a couple reasons and he mentioned uh they had a long travel day back from um the virgin islands and i don't so i don't know exactly what day they came back but if they had a if it was the i would assume it was two days before friday so uh yeah, I would say that could have something to do with it a little bit. Uh, Mike Murphy said it looked like they were jet-lagged a little bit. And uh, Mike Murphy was said was talking about wh- what was happening at halftime, and Brandon was like, yeah, sometimes as a coach you got to say some things and get, get guys going, and that's what happened. And then he was asking um, – he asked him about Evansville. Um, since it was the first conference game, uh, the assistant coaches take time, and uh, they have certain scouts, and he has the Evansville scout, and he said – then uh, I believe they asked him about – they kind of play like Northeastern. They play five out. Um, all guys can shoot it. All guys can dribble and attack the rim. So, uh, yeah, they asked him what, what what we'd have to do better since we struggle a little bit against Northeastern doing that. And he had the really good questions. You guys should go check that out. Yeah, good stuff on that. And the fact that
0: you mentioned, yeah, Northeastern, that Todd actually – Todd Hefferman had a good – question about that in the press or forgot to mention that yeah the northeastern or they play like northeastern evansville does in terms of the shooting and all that stuff and then brennan reiterated uh you're right and then you said jet lag i remember listening to sports voice on saturday that it seemed like maybe that was the case you're right we don't know what day they got back exactly but probably early on that week or yeah since they played on monday probably got back around tuesday wednesday so yeah I i can honestly agree with that and then yeah and then overall uh did you say something about cash as well yeah
1: mike murphy said uh which uh mike is able to get floor seats since he rakes for the radio station and stuff and uh he said he saw he mentioned he saw uh cash wince a little bit or during the game and um uh, brendan said yeah he his uh legs uh his ham hamstr- i guess it's his hamstring still bothering him a little bit but he said he'll be dressed and ready to go so uh I mean, if it's a hamstring, those soft tissues it, injuries are nothing to mess with. If he can't go, I wouldn't play him at all.
0: Yeah, I know, and we know that bothered him at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and the fact that if he is playing on it, that's not good because it could harp on him. If it is now six or seven games in, that you know might you know towards the end of the season, um, that is obviously we need him. <laughs> and the fact that yeah, we couldn't notice if he was wincing because of the seats we had, and he could notice it on courtside. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure they're getting, like, the best treatment they possibly can, hopefully after games and, you know, in between. So, um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't hurt it anymore, or still plays efficiently, being on the road and being in a different, you know, total arena in general, someplace he's never been to in terms of getting the prep that he needs. Yeah, hopefully he looks good in warm-ups and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, good stuff on all that. And then um, know that former Saluki we were talking about is Teak Bowl – just flashing back, thinking of Teak in his first season, that team with Mike Rodriguez and company, uh, that how great he was and then injuries got in his way. And we could have had him peak Teak, if you, if you would like to say, with Kevion Pippen at times. It would have been dominant. We got Teak with Kevion, but it wasn't the same. Um, teak was an amazing player that year, did everything. And like I said, when injuries got, <clears throat> got in his way, it was bad. But Noah, he, we know he's had professional opportunities overseas, and now he's signed with the Albany patrons, patrons, or whatever minor league pro team in the basketball league. Um, yeah, like minor league basketball organization provides player salaries from around fifteen hundred to sixty five hundred dollars per month, and are, are on teams that have a budget between one hundred twenty five thousand to two hundred fifty thousand per season. So, a little minor league team, know of the basketball league, or how familiar are you, are you with that?
1: Yeah, not very many not really familiar with it, but uh, it's good to see that Teak is still following what he loves to do and playing the game of basketball. Um, yeah, it's weird. I never heard of, I've actually never heard of that league. So, uh, but I'm sure they have some decent competition here. Um, I'm looking at their website, their coaches, it uh, looks like Will Brown is now the GM and head coach. So uh, he had over 405 wins and five NCAA tournament appearances. And the NCAA does a hoot for who, though. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see Teak. Um, last time we checked in on him, he looked better than ever. He looked like his old self. You're right, because we saw him, like,
0: videos of him dunking and being his athletic self, yeah. And that just reminds me, when guys get out of SIU, they end up being, like, athletic freaks. Remember Dean Lake we've talked about a couple times. And then Teak, and, uh, yeah, they're talking about 6'9", 220. I don't know how much he weighed when he was here. I'm sure he's put on a couple pounds in general. So that way, more than he was here. They mentioned his time with us is two years, was second in the conference and blocked shots and all that stuff, which we know about. Um, yeah, there's a picture of him. They posted and just reminds me of the jerseys that we had a couple years ago. I can't even really describe that. The SIU with the I big in the middle, some weirdness. That we don't, and I, around that time, at the end of the barrier, we did have a lot of cool. We had the, what do we have? We had the black cursive lettering, Saluki jerseys we had the gray ones we had all kinds and now we only have two red white blue ones. red white and blue yeah which were cool so that's it's interesting and now we're sticking with a couple i'm sure if we did our own blackout cancer we would have something like that as well so um just going back and looking at that so yeah awesome for teak getting these opportunities still playing well and now he's getting paid once more to keep playing so that's what matters and before you fully call it quits you want to make the money and play as long as you can so shout out to teak um, in his short time in that one year, I'm sure he, like we said, yeah, second the conference in blocks. He's wherever all time in blocks here, I'm sure. Did an amazing job in his couple years. Um, so there's Nat Noah, and we wanted to talk about, because we did on previous ones recently, because Cade Hornaker, Hornaker, whichever way, is our only uh, commit, and we do it for football, the status of what they're doing. We don't know his stats again, but we do know how his team doing, which will... Um, cover every now and then. How's his team doing
1: right now? Yeah, they are uh like we said last time, they were off to a good start. Um they they are eight and two, so um they actually um played a night at seven thirty. So uh that is a good time. I'm sure they are, he is doing pretty well for himself. Um we know what kind of we he plays with a, a guy going to Villanova and then a the guy that's going to U T Arlington so they have a really good Really good team, so um, I believe they are ranked uh, third in their class, so uh, in the state. So they have a really good basketball team. Yeah, so hopefully they can. He can put up numbers. Like
0: we have a feeling that he will on team, on that team with talent, and then go on and go far. Like we said, we'll, we'll keep everybody updated every now and then on how he is doing. Um, so now Noah segues us into this Valley Conference season, the one game that we'll have for 2021 before the new year hits and outside of ours no we have three more on wednesday let's get
1: into those good matchups yeah we have uh i believe the uh, three on wednesday then the rest are on thursday the second um getting into it um then we have uh northern iowa gets to the kick off their valley season on the road at bradley um, that'll be an interesting matchup. We know U and I is coming off that big win over top or top 25 ranked Saint Bonaventure, and we know Bradley struggled a little bit. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, the Missouri State gets to go on the road to Normal and play Illinois State. Um, that should be a high-scoring game. So take the over, whatever the over is there. Then uh, Indiana State. Port- for them, they get to go on the first game. They get to play Loyola. Loyola. Yeah, it's not looking good for them going to the you and I and Bradley game. You and I is a
0: four and a half point favorite on the road. You mentioned the game that they just had. They will be riding high. I think that'll flip the switch on them being really good the rest of the way. And yeah, and them and Bradley, two teams that you know, high expectations in a way coming in the season. Definitely, you and I, Bradley being around five or six with us. Um, like we said, the spread is on you and I side. Bradley, though, 52% chance to win via the ESPN matchup predictor. Um, so it'll be, even you know, Terry Roberts is tearing up for them, Bradley's kind of deep. They're relatively healthy. And then you get you and I on the road. I think that'll be the best game, honestly, up in uh, Peoria. So that's a good one. And then, yeah, Missouri State, I think they're 7.5 at Illinois State. I think definitely they'll, they'll cover that. And we mentioned how. No, wasn't there a stat you said or you saw earlier that the Valley has however many or the most players in the country of any conference that average over 20 and have something else? Because it just reminds me of Antonio Reeves. We're thinking is one of those. If you can get it up real fast, yeah, that's it, a good matchup.
1: It is the stat of the week. The Missouri Valley Conference is the only conference with three players scoring at least 20 points per game while averaging at least 1.25 points per scoring attempt. Um, that is really good, and I would say that. We were trying to think of those players, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, we would say Antonio Reeves is one. Um, maybe, Mosley. yeah, maybe Isaiah Mosley. Um, AJ Green was off to a rough start, so I don't maybe I don't think it was him. But um, you said twenty points, right? Yeah, Lance so Jones could be one. I think Lance is
0: because Isaiah's only averaging nineteen, Prim's only averaging eighteen, uh, and yeah, AJ's over twenty. I think at this point, let me look at Antonio Reeves real fast. He is averaging 21, and he's shooting 44% from the field, but you said like almost every two shots, they make a shot, so that that means they're shooting pretty efficiently, so we'll narrow that down, and then Lance, yeah, we'll get to in a second. Um, I'm sure he's one of them, yeah, it's sad that it doesn't say who they are on that, but that just reminded me, because yeah, Antonio Reeves will be, uh, that'll be a good athletic matchup with those two teams, Antonio Reeves putting up. Points Like we said, the big four that Missouri State has will as well. I expect Missouri State to cover that, and you and I to cover Bradley's as well, but that'll be close. And then, yeah, Loyola, take that. Whoever bets on Loyola 18, that is tough for Indiana State. The season that they've had so far, putting up fights, but getting uh, one of the best teams, mid-major teams in the country at
1: home, that would be tough. So what about Thursday? Thursday, there's only one game, and it's Valpo at Drake
0: which we know Drake has struggled recently, only lost within 10 to most of the teams they've lost to recently, and even Alabama lost by nine. Uh, Valpo, though, Noah, what's the status? I'm sure like Crickie's back playing. We know Kithier's uh, uh, is good. Sheldon Edwards now leads them at points. Uh, but they're, they're a team, I think, that can put up a fight. But what's Drake covered here? It doesn't say the game's on ESPNU, but their 89% chance to win Drake is. Um, so I think Valpo could put up a five. We expect Drake to win that one,
1: right? Yeah, Valpo got Valpo has five guys averaging double figures, so uh, they have some pretty spread scoring. But uh, still, yet to see Kobe King. Don't know. I think what did they say? I, they didn't say they didn't say how many games. I think it, maybe it was ten.
0: Yeah, I think at the time of the presser, right, I think that's what a lot So they've played yeah. six. So four more
1: games. So uh, yeah, it's they've got a bunch of transfers. They still haven't really figured things out, but they got some talented guys. So um, you never know those those transfers could turn it on at any point. They could be a pretty darn good ball club.
0: I agree. A lot of veterans on that team and some talent. I think Valpo will be a sneaky team this year. Uh, and then yeah, Drake. You said five for Valpo and double figures. Yeah. They only have Drake's only got three, but Tank's averaging nine. Devries eleven, of course almost unanimous, it's going to be
1: freshman of the year. Penn
0: with 11, and Murphy leads them with 14.
1: I would say Murphy is the right now is the early favorite for Larry Bird trophy in the Valley
0: right now. Yeah, the way he's playing, he's shooting 54% from the field, 50 from three, doing it all, yeah, in almost 27 minutes a game. I could say that for sure. The other guys will put up scoring, but since they'll be on a great team, I think they'll have a lot to say in it. I, I definitely think he'll be up there. With doing that, he's doing a lot for them. Uh, There's one thing I wanted to add. It looks like Garrett Sturts leads them in rebounds with seven, uh, and then Murphy was six. So Darnell Brody needs to step it up. He's averaging seven and four. How big he is, he needs to
1: have more rebounds. Four games is not good. Yeah, game. it's been unfortunate. They missed some. Big, they missed some big opportunities last week to build a good resume, just in case they don't win up in St. Louis this March. So. Uh, very unfortunate, just like the rest of the Valley so far.
0: Yeah, we mentioned the last three games outside of Alabama. Yeah, they should have beat North Texas probably, and then Belmont was close, lost by five. That's a game they should probably win, and we know Belmont's really good as well. So, yeah, those are the status of all those other games. We'll be all good watches. We'll keep up with all of them for sure. Uh, love it. And, O'Brien you know, Brian said it's weird that we get this one game. I like it because we get a taste of it like we haven't had before. And then obviously we'll
1: continue our non tons and then play again. What do you think of that? I kind of like it. Yeah, it's uh, you get to see what happens where you're at. Then you get to figure things out before you go in the valley play. But it's it's a must win because you don't go start start uh, in the next year. oh one one in valley because if you you got to win this game if you want to finish in the top. I would say. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Even if it's the first game, I agree. Especially you get a rel- you get a great matchup for yourself. Yeah. And knowing that if you drop this one, you get Evansville at home, which you would think you would win. But you this is the matchup you need to sweep. One of those teams you need to sweep this year, and I agree. Yeah, Loyal will be 1-0, and we'll see how everything else plays out. But I agree. Uh, if you want to finish in the top five, got to win that game. So definitely a, a test, and we're looking forward to the matchup. Some big things on the line, like we just said, there's Noah. So let's segue into the Aces, who are, let's see here. They are 3-6 and on the season. It's crazy how they've played nine games so far. Um, And they are, via ESPN Matchup Predictor, they are predicted to win 52%. What do we got on the Aces?
1: Yeah, like you said, they've already gotten to play nine games already this season. And uh, they have wins over uh, IUPUI, Eastern Illinois, and a D3 team in DePaul. So uh, not a lot of great things, but... uh, they're a veteran team that starts four seniors and one junior. Um, so they are a very veteran-led team. And like all Todd Licklider teams, um, they play at extremely slow pace. So uh, Evansville has the longest average possession length of college basketball at 21.3 seconds per, per, per possession. So uh, And also they shoot a lot of threes. They're 20th in the country in three-point attempts per field goal attempts and 28th in the country in three-point or, yeah, c- country and the percentage of points coming from threes is at 41.8%, so almost fit, half their points come from threes, um, getting into some of those players. Leading scorer is senior guard, Juan Newton, averaging about four, 15 a game. So uh, he's a really good guard, so it's going to be a challenge for um, our guards. And another guard to watch out for, Shamar Givens. So uh, those are the two got to watch out for. It's all important. Uh, Brian mentioned in his presser that it's these guys are two all-league guards, so that's why I said it's really important. I think uh, me and you talked about today that Dalton plays because his defense on one of these guys, I would say he would take on uh, Given's the smaller one, and Lance a bigger, bulkier guy gets newt. It's a good point. They are you know guard-centric in that in the sense of like
0: yeah they're scoring. And their talent, we know Coleman and Frederick King are there. Yes, and they're averaging by nine nine each, and they all play a lot of minutes per game. Uh, and if obviously we recall splitting the ma- the matchups, the back to back games with them, In the COVID year last year, that uh, you know that second game got away from us. We ended up losing by I think twelve, and uh, they played really well, and shot. You know they got. You're right. They kind of have that pace. Licklider likes to have that pace. Uh, and then they got those extra possessions and were able to cash in on threes, which is something we talked about the opening statement Brian had uh, talking about them uh, when he after they beat Eastern Illinois. He said it's a tough challenge to go on the road. The first Valley game is extremely hard to win on the road in the Valley. Coach Licklider does a great job with his team, obviously offensively. They have good spacing, ball movement, tough physical defense that they play with. They, they present a, a lot of challenges for us, and for us we have to play better than we did on Friday night. We have to be mentally and physically ready. So, yeah, that because even we know, obviously, our guard depth is tested, and they are a really good guard team. Like you said, they're, a lot of their points come from three, so that'll be something to watch. Um, like we said, we – let's see here. Yeah, we did split last game. The teams are playing in Evansville for the first time since February, right before uh, when we won an overtime. I remember Lance went off in that game. That was great. I wasn't able to make that game. I forgot what I was doing. What was that? February twenty. I forgot what I was doing. You went to that game though, didn't
1: you? Yeah, I did. That was the Lance game. It was a really good game. Um, good atmosphere. Then I know they don't get a lot of big crowds, but it was a good atmosphere that night.
0: We are three and one in our last four games at Evansville, and three and one in the last four NBC openers, which is something. Um, so yeah, it's a good. Like we said, it's a good place to play. They're always a tough team. We wish we because our first loss to them was in conference season when we were undefeated going in after our Butler win and we got the first one on him. And then after that kind of went downhill in our season, excuse me, if we, if we recall, because obviously after losing and then shortly after that, Marcus got hurt and then the season flailed. So, uh, speaking of Marcus, he has made her assistant on 41% of, of all our field goals over the last three games. He has accounted for 14 field goals and 12 assists in those games. Um, we have held opposing. This is something we used to mention with us guarding their uh, their uh, guards and Dalton guarding Givens and then Newton with Lance. That we have held opposing teams to 62 points per game, the second lowest figure among all Missouri Valley teams overall. So it's gonna be one of those games, I think, where it's gonna be tough to win. Outside of you know, obviously we can't start so like we have, like Brendan even talked about. It. It's like how can you even describe it? You can't. Um it's just and then instilling them at halftime to, to figure it out and they have in the second half usually. So especially with the way they shoot, Noah, I don't think we can obviously have a rough start again. Yeah,
1: it's uh it's we cannot have a rough start, especially on the road. And uh they have some really they've had some nice pieces off the bench. Uh um a nice kind of a nice surprise for them has been Antoine Smith Jr. Um he scored his high uh season high so far is twenty-four. He's coming off two nice games. Um so that's another piece to watch out for then guys like blaze Beauchamp and a guy like Preston Phillips and ieen Arana are two big pieces uh not sure on the word yet of uh evan coolman he's missed two out of the last three games so not sure yet on that so um yeah it's it's a thing that this is a team that we gotta take advantage advantage of and uh they've uh lost they've already been beaten by sixteen or more points already this season three times, so um, we got to take advantage of this good good, uh, good opportunity on the road to start 1-0 and in Valley play, and then get some more non-con in, especially on the road, in a decent environment.
0: I agree, and you said there, yeah, we need to take advantage of them, but I don't think we should take them lightly at all, especially like we said, the rough starts they could get going and then not look back, potentially. Um, and I remember Licklider talking in the presser before the year that he said that we're kind of in this transition mode of competitiveness, but also rebuild. They brought back Coleman and Frederick King to kind of, you know, guide all their young players in a way. And he kind of used that kind of wordage in terms of, uh, the status of them. You mentioned Smith Jr. Yeah, I was looking, he leads them in three point percentage and I was looking cause maybe he hadn't had a lot. He is, how big is he? He is. Uh, doesn't say, but he's a junior, as you said, and then shoots well, but he he's made 14 on the year and their highest was Newton with 15. So he's second on the team. So he we got to watch out for his ability to shoot at a pretty high level, 14 of 31 this year. So, and it looks like almost that's all he does to an extent. So that is somebody we got to watch. So I definitely don't think we keep these guys like You mentioned Coleman. I'm glad you just said that, cause that's something to, to watch for. See if he plays, because knowing anything with us, that he'll play, and he'll play well. So that'll be something we'll keep an eye out and see tweets about, and obviously throughout the game. Um, So now, as we said, we are a a one-and-a-half point favorite. They are a 52% chance to win via the matchup predictor. Um, That seems about right. Being on the road, even though they've struggled, and apparently, obviously, we've struggled, I'm sure they take other games into account in general. That's not too bad, at one-and-a-half. What are our predictions for this one?
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. I would take us minus one and a half because um, we struggled recently, and I think it's time to – if we're going to ever turn that corner this year, it's time to turn that corner starting um, the first game in December and really get going. Before we hit Valley Play, we know we got some uh, decent, decent matchups coming along the way to watch out for. So uh, this would be a good first step around that corner to get going and get those guys – get Marcus more comfortable, get Lance going still, um, see if we can get Kyler going a little bit, see if those guys still get Ben, see if Cash is still healthy, then getting guys like uh, Steven still doing what he's doing. And, yeah, it's time to take that next step around that corner if we're ever going to do it. I, I don't think if we do it now, I don't think you might not see the rest of the season.
0: It's a good point, yeah, and you mentioned Marcus getting going for sure, keeping that comfortability, because I don't know if they have somebody that can guard him. Frederick King, like we said earlier, could be like that. He should be looking at, Frederick King's a good player, obviously. We know he's a decent player, uh, but he can't guard Marcus. And that, if that's a matchup they have, he's got to take advantage of that. Even we talked about Smith, don't know a whole lot about him in general, in terms of his size, but you know, he can shoot so well, that could be a matchup for Marcus. He's got to watch his threes. And you said, Kyler. Yeah. Especially with his last game If Coleman does play outside of Coleman, being able to stretch the floor it could be a relatively decent matchup. Coleman's a nice player. He could play good defense on Tyler, but I think that's a better matchup for him than he had the other night. You just got to watch the 3-point shooting like we said. So, what are your uh, game predictions score-wise?
1: Yeah, game prediction. Uh I think uh we, both teams might struggle out from the get-go. We we know we've been off to a slow start. So, I'm going to go with us winning um 68 to 64 that covers that spread. So, uh yeah, that would be a good win, especially on the road. And uh yeah, you said uh Smith, he is six seven, so has some decent probably link to him to look into that. But uh yeah, it it would be it'd be nice to see um we know we wanna play teams at full strength and get their best, but if Coleman doesn't play, I know their big their backup bigs are kind of more post up players, so it'd be nice to see that for Kyler because uh we know the bigs in this league to get him ready for that because we know he struggles against the guys that can stretch the floor. So uh, get it would get him more minutes tomorrow night.
0: I agree. I think we
1: both can agree on that. A bounce back from Kyler. We'll get to our dogs in a second.
0: Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, def- uh, the score. Let me think of my score. I was thinking around like 72 to like 64, us winning. We know they can put up points, and if we can match them, like we said, with a tested bench – in a way, but if our top guys, you know, play well like we expect them to, and obviously, like you said, Cash, hopefully not hobbling in any way, playing well, and Steven, I think we could score well and shoot. Um, it'll be it'll be a really good matchup. Quickly here, um, they score about sixty-two points a game compared to our sixty-three. They allow about sixty-eight. You mentioned that they've lost about sixteen points, you know, in some of their games so far by that many. They're only shooting forty percent from the field. We're shooting forty-six. They are out-rebounding us on the season. We know we did fairly well in the uh, in the tournament in the Paradise Jam rebounding, but we didn't the other night. But UE, I'm, I'm sure they fight for a lot of rebounds, so it's going to be one of those we got to watch the offensive boards again. Um, and you said post guys off the bench. Those guys, can, I'm sure, can rebound decently well. Assists were about even, 10.8 for us, 10.4 for them. And they're about even as well in blocks, about two apiece per game. Steals. They average seven steals a game. We average five. We know Lance, I think, had four steals in the last game. So he'll be active in that regard. But we know their guards like to pick pockets and get in the passing lands as well. So we'll have to watch for a lot of that. Definitely a test, like we said. We don't want to, um, you know, we need to take advantage of them, but not uh, uh, overlook them, I guess you could say. So uh, what do you think about Dog of the Game, though? Who's that going to be?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, we we mentioned uh, Brian mentioned him get more comfortable. I think it's an explosive night from Marcus, and he goes for twenty five plus.
0: It's a good point. I remember in the last game I said he was going to get twenty, and we were going to win, and that worked out for me. And you're picking him again. I like that. Like I said, if he if he's in that zone right now and starts, you know, being the that kind of player, we'll take off, and he will as well. I like that. I was going to go with Kyler because of the bounce back and having the better matchup. I think because either a Northeastern or he struggled in Colorado game as well. He bounced back in the Creighton game and played well against Cockbrenner. So I can, and he can shoot a little bit, not like Coleman from three, but relatively better matchup as we talked this whole time about with Kyler. So I'm going to take Kyler in that game. So hopefully one of us is right. We mentioned Dalton don't know the status. We're thinking he's going to play because no one asked about him. Um, Thinking that's the case. So hopefully and Troy plays a big one in this one. Anthony gets his minutes up a little bit. Hopefully I feel like, you know, he's, he's better at guarding the stretch kind of bigs, you know, more than JD and Tyler, I think. Um, so maybe, hopefully he can see some action and guard Coleman a little bit if he even plays. So both those guys dealing with ankle injuries, hopefully we can get, uh, some contributions, you know, all throughout our roster of guys that are able to play. Um, so no final thoughts here.
1: Yeah. It's a good chance to get going in the right direction. Uh, to shake off uh, some mediocre performances we've had recently and get going, and, and like I said, take that next step around the corner because we know a lot of people say this is the year this team has a chance to win a league title, and if if we need to show some consistency here before Valley play actually really gets going, so yeah, it's a time to a good opportunity to get going, get get your two best players um, to take over from the get go. Don't wait till the second half. And uh, show uh, show what we're really made of, especially to another Valley school. Get Start out 1-0 in the Valley.
0: I agree. Kicking off December and getting that one win. With what we know is looking forward, we host Southern Miss on Saturday. Then we're at Tulsa, one of those big uh, non-con games the rest of the way. So we'll be looking to get in the groove here, starting with Evansville after the Alcorn win. And then we host SEMO, which they're 3-4 in the year. But we know apparently they can score points. So that'll be a matchup. Looking forward to, and then we get Maryville, and then at San Fran. So busy here in December. We ended with at hosting Missouri Baptist. So some good matchups there. So you're right. We need to kick this one off with the win and start December out well and be one and zero in Valley play going into these games. So a great pod today. Uh, looking forward to talking about this one uh, early next week. Um, so yeah, we need to start off on the right foot. So for Nick Malone, no large talk to you guys then. Go dogs.